Welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. You can get all the information on the podcast at do not listen to this podcast.com. Don't forget uh, a portion of your donations, 50% goes to feeding stray cats and dogs. And I'm really, I like doing the show, especially when I have somebody on that I don't know who I'm meeting like for the first time. So introduce yourself. My name is Catherine Miller I and uh, I'm an executive career coach and a career strategist. And what, what, so I had put out a call to action for, you know, people that had had success or failures for some of the initial things that you jumped right in, which is great. I always think that takes a lot of courage. I'm constantly amazed at how many people don't take the opportunities that are out there when they're just laid out there for them. Um, right. But you, you, had, you, and what we want to talk about a little bit here is that your business and well, first talk about what your business is. We'll get into that first. Let's do that. Okay. So my business, I help place people, typically people who are director level and above and are either trying to break into the C-suite or they are in the C-suite, but they are unhappy with where they are or they're looking for their next opportunity. So what I do is I basically craft their, we build their brand, uh, we get them some industry authority and we put them in organizations, companies, roles that actually align with their personality, their values, their goals, so that they can have a really fulfilling career and get that work-life balance. Uh, most of my clients tend to be 40 and above because mm-hmm. they're in that challenging job market here where they're the, the kind of job, facing some it, it, what's, what's really interesting about that age thing, right? I mean, I hit it when I, I mean, I'm, I'm way beyond 40, but when I was in my 40s, I hit that. I saw it firsthand right where the wall begins but i think that's dropped down to mid 30s even early 30s it, it, it's really amazing how how the well you know you might not work for the rest of your life kind of attitude kind of kicks in yeah <laughs> in the you know, that's process. A, yeah no that's very insightful um i would agree with you i think that it has that number drops yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and they just, you know, I don't know what's happening, but I do, I do know that the number drops also, it's very industry specific. Yeah, that number right. goes down, especially in tech. It becomes, yeah. no, it's it getting, is, it's getting down to, you know, it's oh yeah. 12, 13 now at this point. You oh, know, it's unbelievable. I know. Like you're trying to same, train your children. Same as what we went through in the music industry. You know, like if you, uh, you're not 17, now you're washed up. That kind of thing. Right. <laughs> No, that's true. There are definitely certain industries that that number is really falling. Um, You see that a lot in the military as well. I work with a lot of military people who are transitioning out. And some of these men are are really at what we consider the peak of their life. But they're but in the military that not at all. You know, they're just kind of done. I grew up in a military family. That wasn't my route. But, um, uh, you know, I just I, I always have a lot of compassion and empathy for anybody that spent time in the military and then goes to enter the, the job force. Oh, it's, it's a tough transition. <laughs> it's so different. It and as I like to remind people, it's like, you know, just remember you were trained to kill people and they'll <laughs> never get, it, it will feel like it's going to get that bad, but it'll never get that bad. <laughs> and uh, same on the other side, when people are interviewing people, I go, remember they were trained to kill people. So just, yeah. <laughs> are cautious yeah. in how you're approaching this situation but absolutely no i totally agree i've heard that i've heard that as well it is a it is a difficult transition uh more so for some than others yeah. but those with highly specialized careers in the military often oh. find themselves struggling to translate that you know to civilian speak yeah no it's really i mean it's it's and the irony is 
the transferable skills are not what they think they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and it, it depends too on how long they've been in the military. I mm-hmm. do really love them for strategy roles. A lot of my clients move into strategy roles in yeah, business. They're great. they're great. And yeah, find a lot of success. Um, but it's true. It's very difficult for them, especially those who've entered the military, you know, 17, 18 years old, like right out of high school. Right. It's very difficult for them to no, it's really discern tough. what's transferable, what's not, you know. Right. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I think one of the things, I, I also think military people are really good for leadership roles because they really understand how to follow. You know, they're trained right. to follow. And I don't think you can be a really good leader unless you know how to follow. No, absolutely. Um, I think that they do well in leadership roles that in companies that are a little bit more similar, especially to that military hierarchy. So I find that people in the military, they do very, they have a lot of leadership skills. They have a lot of value for teamwork. Um, But I do find that sometimes they will step into roles that they think are going to be exciting, but they lack. They'll be boring as hell. Right. Or or they lack, what I find most often shocks my military clients is they'll they'll come to me usually when something, you know, of course landed a job because everybody does like to hire military. It's great. Yeah, they do. But what they find is they, they tend to almost gravitate. Now they're, they're quote unquote free from that that strict structure that the military has, mm-hmm. but you would be surprised at how many of them have become very accustomed to that and crave that structure in an organization. So sometimes they'll step in yeah, and that's not a good fit for their personality. No, that, and their that's leadership very true. It, it's very true. I think that, you know, I mean, again, I, I don't have the experience, the direct experience, but my, my gut would tell me that the first transition job would be, there'd be a higher probability of that not being the right one. Oh, it absolutely, you know, absolutely. And, yeah, it's and it's hard for them. I mean, none of us yeah. could gauge that. It's, no, no, I just yes, yeah. yeah, what it's going to be like. Yeah, um, yeah because the first, because your first real world job outside of the military is is not is it's your second job, right? You know, so right, and and you don't under yeah you yeah. a lot of them know nothing else, so they think yeah a lot of times they think oh okay well when I transition into an organization. Of course, it's structured. Of course, it's this. No. But not all of them are. And no. you know, you imagine a man who has spent, you know, fifteen years, let's yeah. say, an entire career, or even less, even ten years, coming, loving this hierarchy, succeeding in this yeah. uh, very regimented role, walking into somewhere where they have foosball tables right. in the thing. Now, at first, that that man or woman will say, you know what? Oh my goodness, that would be great, right? Because you know, we always feel kind of trapped where we are, right? We feel a little bit of that. They're like, I want to do that. But in reality, they have not learned how to navigate that type of just loose system. Oh, People going you know, all over. So a lot of times, um, some of them do adjust, especially if their personality tended that way anyway. Right. Maybe the military was the mistake. Right. But oftentimes right. I see them come to me and say, like, I just, I just can't stand this. It sounds like it would be fun, but I really do not like this. Like it's going to fall apart. I'm constantly afraid, you know, so we put them where they would, would better fit personality wise. And, and the reason you, you came on as a guest is you wanted to represent, I wanted to have five interviews with people where their businesses succeeded during the pandemic, because I've talked about this in a lot of the episodes it's a demand shock issue. So you've got two things happen. Either businesses are wiped out 
um, temporarily or permanently, or there's a huge spike and then it becomes a capacity issue and you had jumped in on success. So what, let's talk about pre-pandemic, what was going on. And then when pandemic hit, why there was a spike for you. Okay. That's an unfortunate one too. This is, I think the first time in my life I've ever been saddened by, you know, not, not saddened, by, saddened by increased business. That, that increased business. Yes. That, that there is a guilt. Fun. There is a guilt thing that happens. It's really fun. It's like, and, and I, I, it's worth talking about a little bit, right? Um, Absolutely. But there is some guilt in there. But the thing is, is that that's not your, and what I would tell people to understand is like the spike is an arbitrage opportunity. It's not forever. That's so true. You right. have to be aware of that and that, you know, you could be on the other side of it. So how you Absolutely. handle the, the rise up in business means a lot. So. Oh, I totally, I agree. Um, I agree. And I think there is a lot out there there's mixed feelings, you know, there's, sure. it's kind of bittersweet. On the one hand, I love that I'm a helper by nature. Right. I'm kind of a hero archetype. That's my brand. Um, right. So I love, I don't love that disasters happen, sure. but when things that are terrible happen, I do very much look for an opening to jump in and help people. And, right. but it, that in and of itself, just vicariously, there's a lot of that sadness, right. you know, you kind of, take that on. And I would have uh, friends call me, Hey, guess what? We're all losing our jobs. You know, this entire place is shutting down places that I right. just would not have thought. That you would have, that's right. That, that's exactly right. And, and through no fault of their own. Exactly. Exactly. What? And they're unprepared because our job market and, you know, I think every career coach that I know, we scream this from the rooftops about being prepared, but in a right. strong job market, people really do not want to invest in preparing for the possibility of this happening, like getting fired tomorrow, yeah. you know, no, that's it's really a stretch. It's really interesting. What I tell people when, uh, when they're coming to me for advice on what to do or not to do with this kind of stuff is I always tell them, I said, look, you, when you want to hire somebody to do this stuff is when you have the job. Absolutely. When that's the, the best time. Yeah. When the money is there to spend for, absolutely. Um, a couple of things. One is just making sure that you're loving what you're doing. Right. And two, hedging your bet. Absolutely. And, and three, maybe opening up some other opportunities. If you have to come up with the money to do this stuff and you're looking for a job, you're going to set yourself up for resentment. Yeah. You know, the, the unfulfilled expectation. And then you're going to blame it on you know, the coach or whatever, right? because you know, it's going to be hard for you to see that it's not, it's got nothing to do with you. Um, one of the things I like about you, um, just from your, from your background, we chatted a little bit before we started the show is that you have a background in psychology. So I think this is important. I would like for you to talk about um, how that helps you in this. And then I'll jump in towards the end with a little bit about my experience with psychology in general and why I think it's a good thing and why everybody should pursue it at some point in time in their life. Okay, sure. Great. Usually people are having the opposite opinion of psychology. Well, that's um, right. That's why I, want, I do want to give a plug and I do want to have some psychologists on the show um, because I, I think it's important and, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to my part of it after, but I want to hear you do your thing. Yeah, sure. So I really love uh, that I'm one. There are a few other coaches that I know of. I'm, I'm sure there's more, but there's not a large percentage of us that come from psychology backgrounds. Right. Um, I'm one of the few. And what I love about that is that 
a huge part of satisfaction in your career, satisfaction in your life, finding that work-life balance really stems from whether or not there's alignment in your values, in uh, where you want to go, your goals. That has to align with the company that you're at and the role that you're pursuing. Um, Sometimes people underestimate that we go through different stages of development, cognitively, emotionally, in our lives. So sometimes the person that was incredibly fulfilled and successful in one role in their 20s finds themselves 45, 50 years old going, you know what? I'm done with that phase of my life. I'm done with that. I want to grow. I want to go in this other direction. And that's where this becomes very important because in addition to doing, of course, your career assessments and things like that, I love to throw in psychology and building a new brand, a high authority brand for yourself, both online and off and really getting some clarification and crystallization of your message and your positioning, not only for other people, it's really not about other people. It's about revealing your strengths and your new path to yourself. So your own insight, because believe it or not, that's very hard to do for yourself to look inward. So a lot of times a coach that has that psychological background can move you through that. And one thing that I do discuss a lot with my peers and those that have pursued licensing, which I did not. So I'm not a licensed counselor. Um, I've got like the schooling for it. I just did not go that direction. And there's a difference there. But the thing is, is that you you understand the dynamics of it, which is important. Absolutely. No. And my specialization was in um, forensics and personality assessment. So I really... um, you know, interviewing, putting people on the right path, rehabilitation, things like that uh, are very, very central to what I do. And I really love that. It really helps people ultimately crystallize where they want to go and end up in roles that get them excited and get them happy, you know, and back where they go. And, And one really important thing that I like that I've discussed extensively on LinkedIn with other professionals is that some coaches, not, not all, But there is this concept of knowing and not knowing what you do and don't know. So a lot of coaches will say, oh, um, you know, I was successful in business and I was a great whatever they were. They were fantastic. And they'll say, oh, I can help you with your depression problem. I can help you with this problem or trauma. I treat trauma. And honestly, those are incredibly those are highly specialized, well-trained individuals that should be licensed. So. People, if you get a coach with a psychology background, you are more likely to be referred out to a trained professional. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Or things bingo, like bingo. that if, if without them trying, you can damage someone like that. No, that's right. If anybody is offering to help you with your anxiety or your depression. Absolutely. And, and they're yeah. not a licensed <laughs> therapist. That is a giant red flag. It's true. You would be, and you it's, would be shocked. How it's a trauma. Bo- it's a, it's a trauma bond. It's a trauma bond. Is Absolutely. What that is. And, and it's a, yes. it's, it's a way to kind of make you dependent on them. Um, look, I, I came, uh, I was probably one of those guys that would have been not, I wasn't pro therapy, but I wasn't anti-therapy. And I came to therapy in my uh, early thirties because of a trauma, because I had a 19 year old nephew who died. Right. And so, well, you know, it's like, it's so long ago now. It's like, but that's how I got there. And that this is 20 some years ago. And so, you know, therapy changed my life, saved my, made me a better person. Maybe now I know people have had problems with therapists. They've had a bad therapist. Right. But that doesn't make therapy bad. 
Absolutely. And you, and Absolutely. as I say to them, when I chat with them, uh, honestly about it, I go, you might've also been a bad patient at the time. Uh, <laughs> well, or there could have simply been there, there right. is such a thing as a bad fit. There could have just been. Oh, and a- look, there are bad therapists. I lived with yes. one. And there are. Yeah. I lived with one. I, I, I know. <laughs> and I met many of the friends that were also, there are bad therapists out there, but I was very fortunate. I got a good one and, you know, I was able to, to sort through so many things. And I, and I think that that was part of the reason that this pandemic thing didn't mess me up as much was because I knew, okay, we got to take action. What, you know, let's find out the details. What can we do? What can we not do? And I think a lot of people out there may not realize this, but what they may need to do is get some good mental health therapy work before the job search. Absolutely. As odd as that sounds, because that way they're not hiding out in the job. Right. Or even, um, in fact, I was discussing this with, um, there is, uh, um, I can, it, Sinji, if you want um, a yeah. psychologist, an older psychologist, I, I like, I don't know him personally, um, but I just really admired that he was pursuing uh, his career as emotional intelligence. And we, yeah. he actually made a post and he said, what if he also does executive coaching and he said, Hey, you know, would it be beneficial? How do you feel about having an executive coach that's a licensed therapist. And this is a very unique thing for me because I answered, I don't know that mine would have been a popular answer, but I said, to be really honest with you, I think those are very separate roles. Uh, Therapy and coaching are two very separate things. A therapist is not there to help you determine what you want to do. That is your decision. That's right. That's your, that's very different role. That's right. Right. And a coach is there to kind of, we do give advice. We do say, Hey, maybe this is the better, right? We'll somewhat guide you. And I said, you know, I honestly think there could be a conflict if you did both, right? If, even if you were licensed, but you did both the methodologies and the foundational theory is just so different different that I feel like you could accidentally just kind of skew that, especially for the patient. And he you know, did agree. We didn't get into extensive discussion about it, but um, that bears an interesting question. In my opinion, it would be very beneficial, especially during the pandemic, especially such a sudden loss. A lot of people are grieving it's the PC, loss of it's their life. It's PTSD. It's, it's absolutely. Trauma, it's, all, it's all, you know, it's, it's uncertainty. It's terrible. It's, you know, it's, it's absolutely. Having both of those simultaneously, I believe would be different. Two separate people because those two separate people, and you should always let your coach know as well. Like, Hey, this right. is what I'm, I'm talking to a therapist. I don't, you know, right. here's where we're going. Of course, that collaboration. Um, but I do think having two separate ones is beneficial in your job search, because not only can you get this concrete job search strategy and interview help, but you can also be addressing the, the grief of it, the trauma, um, how you're going about making your decisions and making sure that all of that is in alignment. That's right. And I think also coaches have a responsibility. I mean, I certainly, when I was uh, doing acting coaching for many years, you know, I knew what was, what was something that could be fixed in an acting thing versus what was really needed a professional. Absolutely. And and I, I always would pull people aside and say, look, you know, this is not an acting, this is a therapy issue. You got to go get a professional. Absolutely. And, And I mean, I agree. And I've seen many people be far less aware of that. And even some very prominent coaches I've seen who do very well. It's not that they're not good coaches, but I, it's always a pet peeve of mine to see ads that are like, watch this coach fix this guy's life in two seconds. And I'm like, no, like that's terrible. Watch watch this unrecovered narcissist. 
exactly. Uh, wound as many people as possible in this video. No, I agree. It's it, a lot of people they're like, well, why don't you like that person? I go, why don't I like that person? Well, I can't tell if they're a narcissist or a borderline. They're somewhere in between there. I'm not a therapist, but I'm not wasting any of my time with either of those things. Absolutely. Or no, uh, absolutely. Uh, what I see a lot in coaching is a lot of people, and I, I learned this in tutoring. Again, you know, you come up, you come up against these things, right? A lot of people have ODD, which people don't know about, which is oppositional defiance disorder, which is untreatable. Well, right, right, yeah. It, uh, and that, I mean, that can manifest itself. Sure in a lot of ways um typically i mean those are typically younger ones yep. younger people get that but oh no my I, my kids that had it was like you know it's just like let's just accept that they got it and let's work with it right let's put right. the right. situation where when they when the opposition comes in let's make it benefit them somehow yeah. so they get some reward out of it but yeah. yeah there yeah there are different um treatment Tough. methodologies for that but it's it's typically you know lifelong and leads to much, much yeah. greater problems. Often, um, yeah. there are still studies, of course, being done on that because it will often lead to an antisocial personality disorder. Yeah, so, that's right. you know, that's, that's Which I, I like, I don't mind the antisocial people. I, don't I'm, mind fine. <laughs> I'm fine with them. I can handle them. They're fine. I get it. Uh, no, it's fine. I, I just think it's really important. I think, I think we hit on a lot of things in this. I'm really glad we did because I think so many people are, you know, challenged. And I guess I, I want to end it with what would you like people to know who are faced with the, the job search challenge right now? So the job search challenge right now, and I think that people should do a lot of research on the industry that they're in, mm -hmm. because some industries are actually doing pretty well right now, as we can see with the stock market, yeah, and, exactly. uh, and others are not. So now would be the time to really sit down. If you can, now is the time to start building your brand. Now is the time to start researching other areas of interest, because some people find themselves in industries that may not be recovering for quite some time, whereas other industries are recovering quite quickly, uh, especially at the higher level. But my general advice is that if you can, then you should reach out to any professional resources that you have, mm -hmm. start building those connections, those networks, because I don't care who promises you a resume or whatever, a strategy that's going to instantly land you a job. That's a red flag. Um, mm -hmm. This does take a little time. It's about people. It's about mm -hmm. connections. So starting today is your best bet. You know, not don't put that off. That would be really my, I, I say that that's even in a non-pandemic, but honestly, especially in a pandemic, now is the time to start reassessing and get whatever help you can. And if you can't, go to all the free resources that you can to start building that brand and uh, building that content and getting seen out there and get whatever help that you really need. That's right. Because the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be. And, and don't give up and you're not alone. Absolutely. There's so many people, but, yeah. so many people I get calls every day. It's sad. I mean, it's good for me, I guess, because my business has taken off, but it's, it it's is sad. still sad. It's you know, it's very sad. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for jumping on. I really enjoyed it. You're so welcome. It was great to meet you. I'm so glad we finally got to meet. Right back at you.